Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. The first three workouts for semi-finals have been released. So who better to talk to than coach John Singleton, who remembers the last time there was a sled pull in the games. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Um, location for us yeah so well because I, I sold the gym congrats yeah thank you whirlwind yeah it was it was a very rapid process and not I think, don't think a lot of people knew that we had a gym <laughs> even because it was like the focus was non-athlete gym yeah but you had an affiliate basically didn't you we, yeah I still I still own the affiliate so right. I'm like I'm like in a walking affiliate so now. you're like oh, okay so I could so, drop in on you yeah and people could do the open in me what's the name of your affiliate uh, it's CrossFit Calanova, <laughs> which is very location dependent name. So. Yeah. That's tickled me actually. So you've sold the gym, but not the affiliation. It, exactly. So we sold the gym and everything kind of encompassing with the gym apart from the, the affiliation. So now we're in a cubicle. We're, we're in a cubicle. I, uh, there's just one day where I had like, like a few, well, quite a few meetings and I was sitting in the car because gym's too noisy c23 or training or it's hard to get good wi-fi in a cafe and i was like sat in the car with like, the windows open i was like okay i can't do this yeah. so for the next month i've got a, a cubicle in palmer it's full of personality yeah yes yeah, you know i'm su- i'm a bit, bit depressed i'm not depressed i'm disappointed that you haven't um decorated in any way no yeah you should have brought in some you know funky anoraks to hang up on the wall or some kind of 70s or 80s throwbacks. <laughs> I just I, I, those I could, are the colours that you like. Yeah, I could have done something, but, you know, I was like, ah. Yeah, well, you know, work. We'll see, yeah, exactly. All right. What they say, work in, the, work in the front, party in the back, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's about hair. Yeah, there's no party. No, just work all round. Just work all round. All right, let's talk about work then. So the crown, um, We last time we spoke, we had just done the crown, both a bit frazzled and also being attacked by mosquitoes. So thank you yeah. at least for the non-mosquito location today. Yeah, so honestly, the crown, like in essence, if we kind of define success by like the people who were involved and how they're feeling, like it was a huge success. Like all nine of the athletes... Um, so every athlete that was there was like you know, one of the best experiences of their lives. Yeah. The the staff involved all really kind of got behind and supported the project from media to judging to kind of movie equipment, mm. just getting involved. So it was really positive. And uh, yeah, it's actually a funny story. Oh gosh, give yeah. it to me. So basically, all of our so one of the things we're doing is building this documentary. It's like kind of epic documentary. I'm not so sure this is funny. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so we're well, anyway, having the kind of media call. And actually, Lauren, Lauren goes, you know, you should really like have a backup of this because oh, yeah. if the backup uh, goes missing, then there's no, you know, we have nothing. We have mm. nothing for the documentary. <laughs> I get a phone call from like Manu last week. Uh, John, I broke the hard drive. Mm. <laughs> My God. So anyway, it's been sent off to uh, to a lab somewhere. You would not believe. Well, in fact, I will tell people 
the price of this. Yeah, so how the, much is it? What is would it you expensive? get? What would you guess, right? So this is what a, is how big is the hard drive? So the hard drive is ten terabytes. That's big. So it's big, right? Yeah. But there's only like four terabytes worth of footage on there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, are hard they charging drive, you per terabyte or something? I, no, I think they're charging per device, right? Like the device of the this this one hard drive. Uh-huh. What would be like your ballpark figure of how much you think it is to recover this data? A couple of hundred euros. Yeah. Tell me. It's one like one thousand seven hundred fifty, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah. I was like, how can a device that costs two hundred fifty euros for this like storage yeah. is supposed to be a good one cost that much money to and you know apparently it's like a soup these apparently these hard drives when they go over a certain uh, storage capacity are very delicate mm. discs in them or something yeah you can't move you shouldn't move them around yeah is it it's not a solid state one then is it no because a solid state that ones. would have been thousands as yeah. well it's one of the kind of wd ones that sits exactly yeah i have yeah. tons of those you don't move them around no and uh managed to apparently just knocked it on the table Oopsie. and uh yeah um, i've got to tell you i did see him last week when i was picking some uh, stuff yeah. up and he was devastated yeah poor guy you know yeah. it's not a nice thing he says it's happen. the worst thing that's happened to him in his career I, well i think it's i think it's a good lesson though you know i mean well, it's, it's kind of lucky that it happened with us yeah. in that environment rather than like another i'm going to tell you a funny story now yeah i took a backup hard drive to the finca and gave it to them and they never used it oh really <laughs> So they had one in the room with them all weekend. Yeah, we uh, and we were going to back it up online as well, and I think it was during that process or something as well. So, so what's the decision? Are you going to have you got well, to pay well, if, for the if recovery? If we don't pay for it, there's no documentary. There's basically there, there's like we've got some events, but in essence, you can't you can't make a documentary. It's no. like four terabytes of documentary footage. All per like all of the filming we did was for the documentary. Mm. So. We can't do documentaries without that, so you know it's just going to have to be like a super expensive lesson. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. So, but apart from that, sorry, Manu, we so, love you. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, doing really well, apart from the bumping of the hard drive. Thing. Yeah. But so yes, yeah, so we'll go ahead. So, the documentary we're planning to have out in kind of September about the the event, and then we're looking to roll some stuff out through the year. Um, we're going to open up a qualification process mm. for a select number of athletes so they can aim to qualify. And then we've got an invite process for the the 24 edition as well, which will be happening in Easter next year. Okay. Yeah, I've booked, you, it, booked the thinker. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. What about the sponsors? We've got some green lights from our kind of original sponsors, being Nike and uh, GoWad. So yeah. that's really nice. Nice. They were great. Yeah. I was really impressed that they were there. Yeah, you know, everyone was there. And that was what was really nice about it. It wasn't just like... Uh, Here's a banner, stick it up. Yeah. It wasn't that. They were physically there with yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. And so we want to kind of replicate what we what we achieved last mm. year or this year. More more people? No. Same amount? Yeah. Okay. So straight after the crown, we went straight into semi-final camp. It was a crazy period. And yeah, like, like it's like it's like you know, they say when well, you should sell something like you move house or you get a divorce or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was like I remember those like big life stress moments <laughs> yeah. or something. I feel like my life is that life stress yes. moment. So um but yeah, so because of the, the gym sale that added like this whole because it was very um unexpected, it added like a whole level of stuff. Lawyers. Yeah, lawyers, more fees, mm. but and it, it, the sale went very smooth, and uh, and you know 
I think everyone's super happy with the new owner and how things are going. So that's yeah. really nice. But it added stress level onto the crown. And then we basically, yes, went into, I believe there was like... A, you had a lot of people. Yeah, we had like a semi-camp. And then we had the age group online qualifiers with uh, Veronica who came mm. over here. And Renato was here. And then there were some more qualifiers. French uh, throwdown. Yeah, we had French throwdown, strength and depth, various things going on. So it was like kind of a... One thing after another. Yeah, April was like this crazy... So there's an example of why... There's a reason why you didn't decorate yet. Yeah, this is true. But yeah, so we had the, the semi-final camp. How many people did you have? Uh, I feel like it was a dozen. Yeah, it was like 12 to 14 uh, athletes that were, were here. You had a bunch of Italians, two of them I met. Three of them I met actually. Yes. Zanoni? No. Yes, yeah, Zan- and Enrico's his first name. Yeah. Everyone calls him Zanoni. Viviano? I want to call him something else, but he was. Yeah, we had Emmanuele. Yeah, that was his last it. name, yeah. Okay, the I last don't... names I'm not uh, au fait with. I kept getting like completely flipped up with, in my head about what their names were because they could have been easily swapped around. Yeah. <laughs> Um, super nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy. There's really good energy, just throwing down a week, super open. So that that was really nice to, to bring those guys over. And actually, we have uh, Elisa, who's over this week as well, uh, just coming to get a bit of sun, a bit of training as mm. well. So she's here with her coach, Matteo, as well uh, this week. And what's the point of semifinals camp? Why do you have them? Just, I think it gives everyone like in a in a safe environment the opportunity to kind of see where they are, you know, see what numbers they're hitting, see kind of where their conditioning's at. It just gives them like kind of a little reference point mm. um, for going to the event without having to do a competition, basically. So that that's how you open it, isn't it? You say basically you don't have to compete against each other this week. Yeah, you know, the idea is not just a beat down as well. You know, some, sometimes you kind of pushing something or trying to achieve something. It might be a bit more intense. But a lot of these guys, you know, they're quite experienced athletes. They know when they can push and they don't push. So it's more up to them to kind of have the opportunity to see where they are. The main guys that you've got on board, the ones that are, like, have the biggest chances of going back to the games, mm. Jack, Moritz, mm. how are they? How did they get through the semi-finals camp? Good results? How are yeah, they feeling? Yeah, they had like, uh, so we can, and that's a nice thing is that, a nice thing about CrossFit is everyone's kind of got areas where they can be pushed on, you know? So it's like more it's the longer conditioning or then Jack can with the heavier weights, you know, those kind of things, they can just get that little bit of extra push. Mm-hmm. You know, we have like uh, a Brazilian athlete over, Amanda. She's super strong, for her, especially for her size. I mean, she's tiny and yeah. snatching more than, you know, Ella Jackson type thing. How is Ella? She's good, you know, just in the, in the semi-final tracks. Mm. You know, we are, we're basically three weeks out and we've had three workouts released. I don't know, we're jumping the, the gun a bit there. But but we have, um, you know, everything's getting closer and closer, basically. Yeah. I mean, what's the, now that it, it's almost like situation normal for you as in every year you go through this process yeah but what it for somebody who doesn't understand things like tapering and or uh what? preparing for competition like from now until berlin what what do you guys are aiming at where do you pe- how do you peak for those so the, the thing is the thing is with semis and what was regionals like there's a big thing about getting to the games, you know, let alone how you do at the games. Mm. The first thing is getting there. And that's just not an easy challenge. You know, it's not like you've got this one weekend where you have to execute. And, okay, some semis are just easier 
But Europe is just a dogfight. Like it's going to be freaking tough to get through. Yes. And so just acknowledging that. And so we've been, you know, obviously the athletes just been focused on their on their role, which is training, eating, sleeping, getting ready as best they can. And we're kind of in the stage where the the interesting thing about semis for us is that we're going to know for in essence in and around three weeks the workouts mm. some regions will have one week some will have two and we'll have three that's a great advantage huh well everyone has the same so it's not an advantage in the sense that everyone you're competing against is on the level playing field oh true enough true enough so although it's an advantage compared to a region it doesn't actually matter because no one in that region matters to us the only thing that matters to us are the, the athletes in europe mm. i'm really happy that everyone's doing the same thing yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, it's like, finally, to me, it's like, it makes sense that everyone's being put through the same tests. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think it gives, like, uh, consistency to the season. Like, you know, you can program a whole season from open to games rather than have, like, when you get to semis, there's this different programming structure. Mm. I guess the only thing that then becomes, like, um, a variable is the judging. Yeah, you hope that isn't the case. But there's lots There's lots of things that can kind of go on in that sense. Mm. I mean, Tess, I mean, I, also, I'm going to say that one of the things that I, I've noticed with high rocks, and there's in test one, you've got um, 3,000 meter echo bike, and then a sled pull, 84 feet, and then 2,000 meter. It's interesting how they meet meters and feet up. 2,000 meter sort air runner, and then another sled pull, and then a 1,000 meter ski erg, and then another sled pull. In high rocks, depending on which region they do it in, which area they do it on, they say that the Spanish sleds are easier than the German sleds because mm. of the carpet that they use, yeah. for example. So there's, there are still variables within that, I guess, as well, depending on the surfaces yeah. that they're pulling 100%. on. hundred percent. Um, so in, in that workout there, that is the unknown currently. Mm. You know, I mean, ev- I- everyone knows the Echo, everyone knows the Salt Runner, everyone knows the um, Skierg yeah. very well. But this hand-over-hand pull... It's a relatively long way. It's like twenty it something meters. Yeah, and the last one's further, ninety-two. Feet. Yeah, exactly. Feet, um, meters. Yeah, so maybe pushing thirty, something like that. Mm. The thing is, is, that weight will could affect or could not affect the workout. That's the thing. It's like the thing when you start looking through these is go, where is the the impact? If that hand over hand is extremely heavy, it has a big impact. If it's not heavy, it doesn't really have too much of an impact. I kind of it's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that movement in a workout before have you in a, in a crossfit workout yeah they've had it lots actually you know there's a classic one in like uh 2014 games i think with like bridges and uh throning but yeah yeah the, okay. the thing with but crossfit not is recently though not super recent i don't think they've had the not in this decade we're not quite out but yeah yeah i, they, I, I need to think back when we've seen it look in your crossfit renodex yeah just as <laughs> Uh, that was like the classic one where we've seen it before. Yeah, because we've like there've been sleds in. I think it was at Serena Pro recently as well, but uh, I don't know if that was HQ program. I wonder if um, the hype, put the, the uh, popularity of Hyrox has inspired that because it's certainly coming up. You know, Hyrox is basically just taken from CrossFit. Yeah. Know? So I think it's like Hyrox was inspired by CrossFit, but the sled pull is like a huge element of Hyrox. Yeah, but you know, again, it's, it's something that's kind of predated high rocks. Like, you know, I'll definitely stick up for the CrossFit side of things. Yeah, like, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying <laughs> they've taken it from high rocks. I'm saying maybe they've like re, re, re like put it back in because it's something, it's becoming like a thing. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Anyway, test two is, um, oh, 
five ring complexes, a toes to ring, a muscle up and a ring dip. That's going to be Jacqueline's little little favourite thing. Yeah, so it, there's a that's the thing. So you go from there to pits, pistols into max burpees over box. So there's a couple of little things in here. One is they have to do it weighted. Yeah. So you've got the go rock bag, and so that's going to be a factor. The complex in itself is you know it's nothing crazy like there've been complexes mm. before. Um, you go just twenty single leg squats weighted but then you've got these max burpees over box so the question is what is the burpee over box is it a jump box jump over because usually you go like it's a burpee box jump over yeah it's not a max burpee over box so that's like another kind of unknown element in Mm. this but this is going to be like you know pressing central you know you get a little break in the pistol squats yeah but really the ring muscle up you've got the press out then you've got the dip the toaster ring is, is more of just a rest phase in there kind of lengthens a bit of the time and attention then you're going to be the top athletes will be a long time doing these max burpee over box and if you have to use your hands in that this is like very heavy pressing uh dominant workout and some athletes we uh, we've not tested them yet but you know some athletes may have like 90 seconds more on this max burpees over box so how many could they get in. Depends how it is. The guys have a 30-inch box. It's pretty freaking high. I mean, maybe maybe they'd be up, depending on the style. Uh, if it was like bur- burpee box jump overs, and probably be at like 20 maybe. But the weight will then also change things. You know, the guys have a 20-pound, which is like just under 10 kilos uh, weight as well. I mean, it'd be, it's, yeah, it sounds brutal. And then, oh, a generous one-minute rest in between each round. Yeah, which is really just walking back. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they, they'll probably have to move the box or something uh, to kind of show the progression and move back. And then the third one that we know about. Yes. Linda. This, Linda, this is like, you know, classic old school CrossFit, you know, that's been done in so many variations. And now we have the, we actually saw this in a semi-final, which was then regionals before in 2018. Mm. Um, the twist on this is they're using dumbbells. Yeah. Now, not many people, not many girls finished in time cap on Linda. No. And that was with a barbell. So with the weights, it's like 27.5 kilos for females, dumbbell. That is like heavy. Yes. And also there's a big setup time. So you've got to imagine that when you've done the deadlifts and go into the bench, yeah, you can just easily get- unwrap and get through. With dumbbells, you kind of have to take them off the floor, lap them, put it yeah. back. And it's not going to be as easy to go unbroken. So that means you might have to break. And if you go to failure on the dumbbell, it's a lot easier to kind of push through on a bench because you can compensate, get a little bounce off the chest, whatever it may be. Whereas with a dumbbell, you don't have that kind of um, area to hide. Dumbbell is going to be a big factor in that in that workout. What would um, what? Who's going to do well in that then? Well, Sarah had like a crazy time from 2018. She was like so, I mean, so far ahead of everyone else. But then you've got the girls like, you know, Laura did very well, Annie. So it's a big girl workout. Mm. You know, it's like uh, you've got to be strong and having that extra body weight, extra strength just helps and stuff like this. It's um, exciting to see. And then boys-wise, who do you think is going to do well? In Europe, you know, this is a good workout for Moritz. Yeah, um, definitely. He's good at this kind of thing. You know, Krenikov. Uh, did extremely well, but he's not in Europe. Mm. Um, he's, he's gone to the US. But, you know, you've got to be looking at the big boys. 
here, but Moritz is definitely up there. There's also you know, Spanish uh, Fabi Benito. Yeah. I don't know how his like dumbbell benches, for example, you know, we don't necessarily see it that often in competition, but his barbell cycling is usually pretty on point. So you're going to presumably try to get all of these t- tested a couple of times? Yeah, maybe once, maybe twice, depending on, because we, we, that's only like, we don't know how many workouts there are. Mm. So there's three of them. In theory, by Friday morning, we should know all of the, the workouts and that can give us like a big picture. Does that mess with your programming for the next couple of weeks? Do you, how do you, well, how our, do you organize it all? Our programming gets based on that. So it completely changes our programming. Uh, knowing the workouts mm. you know this is the hard thing in CrossFit you're often training for this unknown element and it's very rare that you're training for a knowable component or a knowable workout whereas semi-finals is different in that regard mm. apart from training they just basically eat and sleep and that's it now yeah basically massages cotton wool yeah have you gone into um, John takes care of everything mode yet we, we, so there's a kind of do you know what I mean when I say that yeah, but one of the good things that's managed to build up over the last few years is like the team mm. that supports, you know. Even last year, our team is kind of stronger and more support. We have Chris, who's living here full time now, who's day in, day out with the athletes. Yeah. You know, Carmen's kind of growing, building and developing in her role to kind of be able to support some behind the scenes stuff for the athletes. We have Manu, who's helping with content. We have kind of other coaches who are on board, such as Don, Renato, both BSME. So that support network is becoming very like, important, really. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's not easy to get to that stage where you can kind of have a, a team around supporting as well. So Chris will travel to semis? Yeah, so we'll, we'll be like uh, a group over at semis, basically. And apart from Ella... Jack and Moritz, have you got any other program athletes attending? Yeah, so um, we'll have like eight individual eight? athletes uh, competing, yeah. Wow. It's good, weird, as you just got a message that someone's doing an article on the, uh, like, on, on training programs with athletes going through. Mm-hmm. But the minimum limit was 10. Oh. <laughs> but the thing is, like, the, the US programs are just so far ahead. I think so, Mayhem is like 63. Yeah, like proven, <laughs> no, hard work pays off was like in around 50, proven in around 40. So, you know, it's like those guys are yeah. steps ahead um, of where we are, US, kind of the US base, but also the US. Like we have some athletes here in Latin America, mm. but most of our athletes are here in Europe. Whereas the US, you know, we have 60 athletes, they have 120 athletes. So, again, that kind of that size pool, you know, if you open Europe up to 120 athletes, it'd be a lot easier for us to get to that kind of range as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, good luck in Berlin. I guess I won't see you until then. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it. Thank you, John. And best of luck in Berlin for you and all your athletes. This episode was presented by me, Vicky McLeod, and edited by Marta Vidal-Candel. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.